Wow. Uh, what a week. Um, I just got back from a big family get together, barbecue type thing. Um, it's sunny. It's beautiful. Um, I've been dealing with hail, snow, um, thunderstorms, thunderstorms during snow at the same time. Um, I've been whining about the weather on this show for so long and it's just beautiful out now. I'm in Ottawa and it's just awesome. Spent the day outside, eating good food, hanging out with lots of family. So it's a vibe. So I'm coming off of that. I'm coming off of the, uh, off of the family vibes coming into the show and on my way back, just kind of getting set up here and everything. I was just, um, just reflecting on the week, um, and kind of thinking about everything. And I'm like, I really gave this spaces a good title this week. I kind of knocked it out of the park mirage in the chasm. Um, there's definitely some interesting things that have gone down this week that really got me thinking. Um, I mean, last week we talked a lot about bubbles, Hedera bubble, and we've got to expand out to other networks. We've got to go more cross-chain. We've got to become more collaborative. We have to focus less on TPS, more on TVL, all these different types of things. And also it's like, it's been really exciting too. Uh, I think so much news coming out of different use cases. Um, I mean, we've had a lot of different use cases come online. We've had, I mean, recently, you know, just within scope of NFTs, right? We had um, Hashpack with their store dropping like tens of thousands of NFTs. We had um, a story we'll talk about uh, tonight, which is um, uh, Hedera Sentient with their with their new kind of nft purchasing flow so you can buy kind of like a bunch of nfts from all sorts of different people within one transaction um we've had all sorts of different like projects launch we've had news um from different governing council members like all these different things have been happening and i mean this year it has been really interesting because it's been exciting there's been lots of developments there's been lots of growth um you know we had a we had a step function essentially in January, all these, all these kinds of things. And <clears throat> this is all again, kind of on the backdrop of like a bear market, right? We're seeing a lot of different um, entities out there, banks, centralized exchanges. Um, uh, you know, we've got all sorts of different things just dropping left and right. And, you know, Hedera seems like, like, you know, Hedera is doing pretty good. The community is doing pretty good. There's lots of good vibes. There's also some struggles too. Like, there, you know, with any kind of um, creative ecosystem in the beginning, it is kind of a little bit like a, a painful birth, a little bit of something. So in my mind, where the title comes from this week is a little bit of like, I, I had a show, um, I think it was near the end of last year that I called chilling in the chasm. And basically it was like, 
something Mance said, right? Mance, the co-founder um, of Hedera and the co-CEO of Swirls, um, all that good stuff, right? And he's he kind of used that analogy that a lot of corporate folks use that's kind of like that graph that you see, that kind of that ramp up from early adopters to mass adoption. And in the middle, there's this chasm of like nothingness, right? And I was joking about like, hey, we're chilling in the chasm and, you know, it's not so bad down here. We're building and we're growing. And this year, um, I was kind of like, oh, there's a light at the end of this, right? This is so exciting. Things are coming together. Even though it's a bear market, it's really exciting. All these, diff all these different types of things. And I think we've come up against a little bit of a mirage, right? It's very, it's, it, it can be fun, very wild west, but it can be very kind of desolate in this chasm on in Hedera specifically. It, it, it feels that way. And, and I know it feels that way because the community, you know, talks about kind of maybe feeling a little bit isolated or um, inside of a bubble. And there's also just this excitement and hope. So there's all these different forces working together. And with the events of this week that we'll talk about, of course, um, you know, I think that there's there's something to be careful of, right? There are, it's kind of like being in the desert, right? And there's these mirages. You kind of look ahead and you're like, oh, we're making it. It's all going to happen, right? It's all coming together. Um, and I mean, I'm guilty of that too, right? I mean, um, on this show it'll be very exciting what's happening in the ecosystem. And I'll be like, Oh my goodness, it's coming together. This is so exciting. And I do feel like I got the feeling this week, um, just kind of seeing some of the difficulties in, in certain um, communities, right? The NFT community, all these different types of things, the struggles that come along with being in a bear market, but also some promises, some hopes, some goals, not fall, not, you know, like not fall in our laps, not come through, not come to fruition. Um, and just re just remembering and realizing that it is quite a distance to not mass adoption, but being out of the chasm. Right. And how do we know when we're out of it? That's the other thing too, is does it mean that H bar is, you know, 50 cents again? Does it mean that we have a 10 X in TVL? Does it mean we have another step function in TPS? Does it mean we get, you know, a crazy new governing council member? I don't know. I think that very easily we can mistake um, the big moment for a mirage. And I think that as the as we keep going faster as a community, as we keep scaling, as we keep growing, we gotta be. It it, it there's a. There's a lesson that I was taught, this piece of advice I was given in the music industry, working in recording studios and stuff. And the advice was, it's more important what you don't do than what you do. And I think in this, in kind of the startup tech, this go, and this goes back to like, you know, 2004, 2005, like just um, this new culture that started the, the dot com boom and, and Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. And now we had, um, you know, 2008, we, you know, we get Bitcoin and we get DLTs, we get all these different things. There's this ongoing Cambrian explosion happening with AI as well. And it has all these ebbs and flows and different things. And 
we're in a lane right now, right? We're in the Hedera Hashgraph lane. We're Hedera Hashgraph enthusiasts. And I think that sometimes it's okay to think small, right? Sometimes it's okay to focus on the basics. Sometimes it's okay to just get through the day. Um, because I find I'm always looking for the next, like we got a step function. We've had, we had the, the, the hot Hedera summer with NFTs. We had all these different things and those moments are coming, but we're learning more and more that it's not like it's going to be, um, a state change, right? It's about incremental steps, you know, step by step. It's not like step function, right? It's step function by step function, right? We add and, and and I see these I see these little steps happening now, and I'm realizing that, um, to me, to Lehman's credit, you know, those guys sometimes sound insane to me because they'll be like, "Just wait till we're at a trillion transactions a month," or "Just wait till you know these crazy numbers." Even Rob Allen recently on on the on the H Bar Bulls show, just hearing some of these, I'm just like, "How do you think so big?" You know, it, it's it's so unknown, and I'm realizing that these big moments that we're having, sometimes we got to remember in the big scale of things, they, they, they are truly baby steps in a, in a sense. And what I'm seeing right now is these steps moving forward, right? We had, um, we had, we had the open source, we had the governing council scaling. We had a step function in the creative community with, with hip 412 and the NFT explosion. We had a, a, an explosion in transactions per second. We're hoping for a moment for DeFi, right? We're hoping for, for that moment for DeFi. But more and more I'm realizing is like, these are just mirages along the way. And we don't really know what the end goal is really, because it's, it can't really be defined. It's really, we're dealing with a lot of abstracts. There's a lot of hopes. There's a lot of visions that sometimes are conflicting on a small level and on a big level, like on one project in the ecosystem and another to one government and another kind of thing. And um, what it really comes down to is I really love this community and I really love this technology and I'm so passionate about it and it's just made my life better. And it sounds stupid, but the real gains we've made are the people that we've met. Like I would consider so many people I've met in the ecosystem great friends. And I met them searching around and finding all these mirages along the way. And it just keeps us going. It keeps our tank full. It keeps the wind in our sails. And I think that we can get disappointed sometimes when, you know, we have a jump in TPS and it doesn't move the price. Or there's something that we're hoping comes along that we know is going to help the ecosystem that doesn't follow through and it spins out and fizzles out and implodes. But I think that that's all part of it. The wins, the losses, the successes, the failures, they're all momentum forward in some form or fashion. They're all lessons to be learned or successes to be celebrated, however big or small. Um, and I think that, you know, for me, got to keep the eye on the prize. You got to keep it real, you know, and we're live on Twitter spaces with another week in Hashgraph to unpack. Let's dive into the news and rumors mega thread on Twitter and see what our stories are and see if we can get a couple out of the way right away. Some of them we don't even need to talk about because they're just so cool. <clears throat> Today, 
One of our top stories is all squeeze, no juice. We're going to talk about Lehman Swap and see what's going on. We're going to talk about some cool interviews with Mance and Lehman. It's so funny. Like anytime I talk about Mance and Lehman on the show, they've synced up in some form or fashion. They're always kind of like synced up when they're doing interviews. They're double teaming it when they got something to talk about. They're talking about DRAC. We're gonna we're gonna look take a look at uh, well here's something we can talk about real quick now payments um, this is really interesting uh, let me load up my notes here I got a new program for my I'm using Notion now for the news stuff because it's way quicker it's great let's take it up for a test drive here now payments is a cryptocurrency payment gateway supporting HBAR payments um, developers can use Hedera SDKs and Hedera Consensus Service for DApp development. Um, the API can be integrated with Hedera Hashgraph for accepting HBAR payments. There's a sandbox environment for testing API integrations and HBAR payment processing. Um, so this is a way that, you know, you can leverage an API to accept HBAR payments. It sounds pretty easy. I've heard good things. Um, you can also do uh, mass payouts of HBAR, so you can work it the other way too. Um, and you can, you know, it, you can add kind of like all sorts of different billing processes, workflows. There's, ex there's like kind of an extended custody component to the API, um, all those different types of things. So that's a cool story. Uh, one out of the way right now, go check it out. Shout out now payments. We'll talk about some confusion around HBAR staking and governing council members. We'll talk about something Amazon is doing. That's not even Hedero related, but it's interesting. Um, Sivo, community member, has a has some cool insights about some things that are in my notes, but I can't read them yet because it's in another tab. I'm still learning this software, so bear with me. Um, someone else has moved to the Hashgraph Association. Earthling's got a teaser out. Uh, Coin Bureau is still a ding dong, but you know we love him. He's got a very cool accent. Aberdeen is doing things. Um, there's going to be an updated security model for the, uh, smart contract service on Hedera. Some important things we'll talk about. Um, uh, White House just came online to like DLTs being cool. So, uh, got some news about that. Um, NFT stuff. Oh, we got some interesting things from Freshco or sorry, not Freshco. That's a grocery, excuse me. That's a grocery store here in Canada. Um, FSCO, Fresh Supply Co. They sent out a, a interesting tweet. I'm always a big fan of their tweets. Uh, we got a hardware wallet that's a card. Stripe is doing something. We're going to talk about HBAR suites. Um, yeah, there's a lot going on. We got a lot going on this week. Um, and with that, good evening from Ottawa, Canada, everyone. My name's Brandon Davenport, and I'm a developer, musician, and founder at my creative firm, Dirksen and Davenport Incorporated, helping artists, businesses, and startups in the Hedera ecosystem. And like all of you, I'm a Hashgraph enthusiast. It is Sunday, May 7th, and welcome to Hashgraph News and Rumors, episode 75, Mirage in the Chasm. Um, one quick note, too. I, For a long time, I kept saying chasm instead of chasm. And if you go back and listen to, I don't even know if it's up on Apple Podcasts. It was a way older episode. If you find it, if you find the last episode somewhere that I had uh, chasm in the title, there's like half the episode where I'm just saying chasm. It's, it's brutal. Uh, this is a weekly show where we talk about the top stories related to Hedera, HBAR, and everything in between. 
broadcast live on Twitter Spaces every Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, and made available on all major podcast platforms, including, but not limited to, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. Those are posted every Monday, so tomorrow. If I can get to it. I've been really busy recently, so I'm trying my best. Get all the info you need about the show and listen to past episodes at itsbrandond.com slash hbar. If you're listening live now, check out the Twitter thread pins at the top of the spaces to take a deeper dive into each story. Also, everybody listening live, take a moment now to share the spaces. Let your friends know you're listening. The more the merrier. You can also click the little comment button at the bottom right of the spaces to ask a question or share something interesting that listeners might like to know. And I'll talk about it. And the show continues to grow from hundreds of listeners to thousands across all platforms. And that's because of you guys tuning in every week. It's amazing. Um, uh, and also too, it's like, I've had so many guests. I can't even remember all the guests I've had. I've had, I've talked to all my favorite people in the ecosystem. Um, so that's huge. I don't know if the show will work out without that. I didn't even plan for it to be a show with guests. So that's amazing. And so many people are sending some H bar here and there. I'm going to be up. I'm going to be upgrading the setup here. I'm going to sound a little better live. I'm going to get a new microphone and stuff. And that's direct support from the show. I don't got to do advertisements. I love that. Um, it's one of my favorite things to do. If you're interested in becoming a supporter of the show, please consider making an H bar donation. It helps me continually add value to the Hashgraph community and keeps the show ad free. You can send a donation to enthusiast.hbar using your Hedera wallet. The full HBAR address is in the thread pinned to the top. Brought to you by listeners like you. Deep breath. Drink some water. I'm trying. I've shortened my, my script I type up. I'm trying to tighten it up. These shows have gone so long. There's so much happening. Um, and also, too, shout out to the, twi uh, the uh, Ashcraft Enthusiast Twitter community. Well over 800 members. Great way to connect with people if you got stuff to share. That's a place to share it. Let's take a look at the actual kind of like what's going on in the network on Metrica. This is a website. I encourage people to check it out. Um, it shows you kind of, you know, a lot of people look at price. A lot of people look at, um, you know, they do some technical analysis, all those different types of things. It's really important, like whether you're invested in assets on Hedera or whether you're, you know, on another network, right? If you have assets on another on another network, you don't just want to be looking at the price of those assets or different things. It's it's also really useful to look at the actual like what's happening on the network technically. Um, so, Metrica does a great job. Um, M E T R I K A dot C O, and we're rocking at an average of. Over the last, let's look at the last week. Um, average of just under 850 TPS. We had some, we had some drop-offs there for a bit. We've we've learned now because the the use case driving most of the transactions on the network is Adma IO from Avery Dennison. Um, because a lot of those transactions are still are still uh, subsidized by the HBAR Foundation. And the community is now aware of which wallets are involved with the payments of, to the network for Avery Dennison using it for these transactions. There's a direct correlation to how much HBAR is in those accounts, when those funds are come in and when they're moved, and when TPS on the network goes up and down. Because sometimes there'll be a steep drop-off and people kind of panic. And it's just a direct correlation to the funding of those accounts. Um, and also something that we learned in early March when there was a, that attack on the Hedera network, um, one really cool thing that we learned was Avery Dennison, how they have it set up is they have throttling on their end. So that's why the transactions from Avery Dennison are so steady 
is it's it's literally like internally they have their own throttling so they can effectively turn transactions up or down. And so if they have higher volume or lower volume, it's it's smooth and things can catch up and get posted to the network. So <clears throat> you could you could like kind of think of it as they're maybe running their own shard a little bit, but not really. Like maybe it's more of an app net thing, but it's cool. It was a it was it's a cool thing. So keep that in mind when you're watching transactions. Don't panic too much if you see a drop off. And we're still holding under five seconds for time to finality. Um, I know that they that Swirls wants to do some optimizations to not the um, gossip about gossip um, algorithm, but just the gossip algorithm that most networks use. So they're doing some upgrades to that. <clears throat> Account growth. We're starting to see some sustained um, steady growth trending. Like I'll just go to the monthly here. Um, if we look at, let's say mid-April, we were at about um, about a just over a thousand accounts created per day, like a thousand to 2000 accounts per, created per day. And on the 30th of April, there was 8,000 accounts created and that's pretty much sustained. And when you go down into the daily or sorry, the hourly level kind of we're, we're having these spikes, right? So, um, on the second, every hour, there was about just under 500 accounts created. And then we have some of these spikes happen where, You'll have 1,500 accounts created and then it drops back down. So definitely some interesting activity happening on, on the main net in regards to account creation. So that could be, you know, it's been rumored to be um, some of these new ESG use cases coming online, um, tokenizing various assets. Because remember, accounts on the network aren't just people. It could be an NFT or it could be anything like that. Um, and that, that's really the thing I note. So that's kind of what's going on with the network. I'm not going to talk about price too much. Um, we are seeing a lot of interesting movement in various assets across the network, the different HTS assets. Um, so I can just quickly take a look at, um, saucer swap real quick, um, with their analytics and just a quick note to, uh, for saucer swap is, um, coin market cap. Uh, saucer swap is now a featured exchange on coin market cap. So most HTS assets are going to have a much easier time being, you know, being listed in coin market cap, which a lot of people use, including myself for like kind of, you know, keeping up with some of the things they're tracking. Um, so it's nice to see, you know, I've got, you know, my watch list has, you know, H bar, Ethereum, Bitcoin, growth, you know, it's kind of wild. So we've got, Head starter over the, I can go over the 24 hour price changes. We got a head starter down almost 3%. Uh, we got uh, sauce just holding steady. Um, we got Dovu down two and a half percent. We got Galaxy at 1%. We've got HBAR Suite down 13%. We got Grelf holding steady. We got Jim pretty much holding steady. Um, and yeah, I mean, things are, things are moving a lot. Again, a lot of these low market cap HTS. Um, project fungible tokens. They're really interesting to watch. It's fun. Like we have a little mini ecosystem, like ecosystem happening. We've got some meme coins. We got um, some of these meme coins attracting attention from folks outside of the Hedera network and kind of bringing them in because uh, of how goofy and fun they are. So I dig it. I love it. Um, but let's talk about something that I don't dig or love and isn't goofy and fun. Um, <clears throat> Lehman swap. So this was an interesting story because um, quite often I talk about this kind of what I'll call 
gradient indexes that really can only happen on Hedera. And two, two um, decentralized exchanges that I can think of that illustrate this really well is um, uh, Saucer Swap, right, which is the you know pioneering decks on Hedera, the leading decks, all that gravy. And then we have something like um, HBAR Suite, which isn't live. I think they just finished their second audit, um, which we'll talk about. And they're, they're, we're still wondering kind of what is that going to be like? So when we look at this gradient, right, this spectrum, on one side, you've got Saucer Swap, which is kind of like a tried and true Uniswap DEX, right? It's pretty bulletproof rock and rolling. And then on the other side, you've got something that's a little more right close to the protocol, the L1, um, like HBAR suite that's not utilizing smart contracts. They've got a, a different type of um, uh, app net build out that's leveraging TypeScript and it's not using smart contracts and they call it smart nodes and all these different types of things. So you have this spectrum on Hedera that's really fascinating to me. And Lehman Swap was interesting because it was a it wasn't going to just be a dex it was also going to be an aggregator and it was also not using uniswap it was leveraging um i believe it was trident from sushi swap let me just check my notes here make sure i'm not talking out my ass here um yeah i was using yeah i was using trident from sushi swap and that was interesting to me because it's like hey you know it's it's risky. I mean, it's a very new um, Dex uh, foundation, right? Like, so not only are you going on a new network, but you're using kind of a very new smart contract based um, Dex. That you know, one thing I will say is in the DeFi ecosystem on Hedera, we have a lot of Dexes coming and currently live, and that's great. It's nice to have diversity, and it's nice to have a little bit of redundancy, right? And <laughs> a little bit of healthy competition in a sense I, that that's good for any ecosystem but the diversity in products that's something that i think a lot of people are looking for in in different types of DeFi products what about lending right what about aggregators all these different types of things and so lehman swap was interesting because it was a different type of it was bringing a different type of product offering as well so I think that a lot of people were excited about it, and it was it was a cool you know it was a cute brand, and um, they did a really you know really good job marketing it and stuff like that. And um, I think that hopes were high for a lot of people. And like a lot of these projects, I think a lot of money was invested. I think it was somewhere around you know three hundred thousand um, dollars. And it's when you have when you have a situation like that, especially if it's a startup, especially if it's you know being built using a, a relatively again smart contract, new technology, sushi swap, tried, and all these different types of things, it does make you a little nervous, but it does make you hopeful. It's exciting, and um, it was tough because there was it. What I've learned is there was a period of I would say. 60 days to 90 days in which there was a misalignment in the hopes of the community and struggles and dysfunction behind the scenes, which I think is a recipe for hitting a little bit of a brick wall. And I think that that, that happened this week because Lehman Swap put out a thread and um, really, you know, it 
sent shockwaves to the ecosystem. I don't know if a lot of people were thinking that would happen. I was getting a lot of messages from people kind of being like, oh my God, like what's going on? And the downside to it is, you know, the the prospect of having an aggregator and different types of things, um, you know, that's not going to happen for a little bit at least. But the But the upside to it is this is a while ago, if this were to happen, this really would have rocked our boat. It really would have rocked our boat, right? And today, you know, as I'm talking to you guys and as I'm going through the news and looking at things and everything, um, it, it, it doesn't feel like our boat got rocked as much. Right, like this was a—it's a pretty big thing to have something like this go belly up, and it's an unfinished story. It's still—it's still evolving, but it does speak to how the community, the culture, the network has has you know has grown in that respect. We're, we're pretty grounded on this front, and it is a struggle, but that's kind of what this is about. And I mean. Again, this is an evolving situation, and the goal here is to remain objective, share high-quality information. I'm not going to be talking about any particular individual. I want to just instead kind of provide a high-level overview of the situation, surface some important outstanding questions from the community. I'm not going to have, I'm not going to be talking about, you know, this person said that, that person said this, this is just news, Right. Um, I've, you know, I've spoken with coffee before I've spoken with PMB before, um, and there, th this is just kind of, this is just a story. Um, and I, I just want to approach it objectively. I'm a big believer in the fact that there needs to be an information flow in this community. A lot of people listen to this show. Um, so I want to, I want to help that move forward and I don't want to, there's, there's, if you want to dive into rumors and, and all that kind of stuff, there's plenty of it. So have at it. But, uh, today I just kind of want to. Um, clear the air a little bit and just surface some information. And I think more importantly, surface some unanswered questions from the community that should be top of mind for us as we enter the next week and as this story continues developing. And so first off, I'm assuming that at this time, there isn't really going to be a postmortem from Lehman Swap. Um, I haven't heard anything in that regard from those involved. And... Um, I don't think it, again, I don't know if it's really possible at this time because there's so many loose ends. Um, it, it is really evolving. And also too, um, this was, this was kind of like, this is just undoxed founders. Um, I mean, of course, you know, one of them, there is information about, there's personal information about them out there, but largely most folks don't know, um, you know, who they are and, it was really kind of like a decentralized project with internet people, right? Nobody knew each other personally. There were no contracts or laws or guaranteeing things. This was kind of like a through and through kind of like internet people project. And I get that, right? I, I understand that. Um, and it does, you know, the first question that pops to mind is, I mean, Hedera was definitely championing Lehman Swap and, and the foundation in some form or fashion, right? They were featured on um, the use cases page and all these different types of things. So it, it was a legitimate project in some sense, according to 
Hedera and 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 uh, the HBAR Foundation. Um, but there was just there's still kind of is no really clear answer who is kind of the 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 project owner really. I mean, the 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 really kind of um, gray like the blind spot here is the dev team. Um, who kind of was the dev team? That, that seems to be a uh, really the component to the story. Um, and it would be, I mean, that's one thing that's on my mind. And the other side to it, which is difficult, but I think it, I think it's an opportunity to take it as useful, um, information, you know, if you can look at it that way is there, there were, you know, cited, you know, issues with the, with Hedera's EVM fragmentation of wrapped HBAR and changes to the HTS token depl deployment process were cited as reasons for delays for Lehman swap. Um, and also cited was the DeFi landscape wouldn't support the business model. So, I mean, on one side, I can respect coming up against struggles and all these different types of things, right? But on the other side, uh, uh, something something that really I think a lot of startups in this ecosystem have to take ownership and accountability for is just a lack of market research. Um, this is a small uh, community still. It's a bear market. Um, and you really have to be in tune with the the community, what is actually needed, what problem you're solving. Is it a problem that currently needs to be solved? Is there enough... Uh, demand ultimately for what you're doing. And if you realize that too late, it can start a little bit of a cascading effect. And, uh, and it just, it starts with morale and it just falls apart from there. And generally what happens and what I think happened in Lehman Swap's case is you have those different types of things happen internally with a project, but the public, the community doesn't know about that. And that's the, that's the really tough part for me is when do you blow the whistle that something isn't right? Because there's always that chance of things turning around. Um, but that for me is like, if we looked at this as kind of like, um, I can't think of a better analogy, but if we think about this like a plane crash, we're looking for the the kind of black box. We're looking for the kind of what was what was happening in the aircraft and we're not going to find it. Um, and the, the, the one benefit is there, I think that tomorrow, Monday, the, um, the, the repository for the GitHub is going to be made public. So one of the concerns that the community has is what work was actually done was something built and was there actually a dev team for sure. Right. Because it's, the, you know, there, there's, you know, there's folks that are on doxed and there's this kind of decentralized nature of this. You can't actually be sure um, if the sky is actually blue in this situation. Right. So the sun will come up hopefully on Monday and we'll see for sure what's going on. And if in fact something was built and it's really useful, then Maybe that's a silver lining to this. Someone can, you know, someone can take it and run with it. Who knows? Um, and there also is a bit of a timeline here, just to kind of uh, put a little bit of a little bit of this together. And this is really off of just public information and things that, um, you know, that that 
uh, the founders or or the 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 faces of the project were comfortable sharing. So <clears throat> I don't know about exactly when this timeline starts because that's the tough part. <clears throat> but how it starts is multiple team members had left and deleted their wallets um, for that, that was utilized for the multi-sig because there's a wallet obviously that every that all of these funds go in and that is controlled via a multi-sig wallet right multi-signature wallet that basically requires multiple people to sign a transaction so you can't just have one particular person in a project move um, assets around in that wallet and so when those team members had left which i'm assuming is team members on the dev team um, the signing accounts were brought down to four out of seven. So there were four signing accounts left out of seven, um, which is troubling, right? And if, effect, if, if it's true that the people had left, threw away their wallets, right, relinquished access to those, um, that, you know, that's concerning. But also if those were kept or if those private keys were moved or consolidated in any fashion, that's also an issue. So that's kind of like, I, I didn't have time to, to go back further than that in the history of Lehman swap and all these different types of things. I just saw that as kind of the beginning of the end. Well, I guess it's not the end. There's still more to happen, but the beginning of our, of our, of our, our little tale of this little lemon boy with green hair. And that's a tough start. It's it, you at, at that moment, when I close my eyes and think about potentially being in that situation, right? Having sold hundreds of thousands of dollars in, in NFTs and there's a lot of hope riding on this project and you find yourself in a situation like that. It's hard to be optimistic, right? It's hard to not kind of go, you know, we got to, we got to tell people what's going on and they didn't. Right. I think that's the wrong decision. I don't, but again, I don't know what's happening behind the scenes, but if the community knew that was the situation, that's, that's what's on my mind at this point before April, um, PNB and coffee were discussing discussing a refund with the remaining treasury due to concerns with the devs, right? Because at that point, you're concerned. You are wondering what exactly is happening. And logically, you kind of go, well, if the wheels are falling off, the uh, an option we have to talk about is refunds. And so that was a conversation that was had. And um, that's interesting to know. The developers underestimated the work and scope required to bring Sushi Slot. Trident and an aggregator to Hedera. Shocker. Decreasing dedication and lack of commitment to deadlines raise concerns further. So you're weighing all your options and you're finding yourself backed into a little bit of a corner and you have this dev team that's kind of like, you know, I think we've gone the wrong way. And Solidity devs coming into Hedera, it, you, there are definitely things you have to do slightly differently. And if you have a dev team that isn't willing to go out on a little bit of a limb, it's tough. And on the backdrop 
of what's going on at this point in in Lehman Swap. That's tough. It's a, it's a difficult situation that at this point in the timeline is not being, I don't think, handled very well. So they stopped pursuing the idea of refunds and these different types of things when there was an opportunity to consolidate with another team, but that didn't work out. And my question is, who is that other team? There is an, there is another um, there's another entity. There's another group. There's another uh, there's another bunch of people involved in this story, and we don't know who they are. And they're significant because their involvement and potential partnership sounds like it would have righted the ship. So it's it, that's interesting, and I don't know what that's about. So that's something on my mind. Um, and it didn't work out. So in early April, refunds were identified as the best option. And that is interesting to me because when you kind of go, this, I think this is the way forward. We have to refund people. And it's, it, it, you know, the, 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 the time window shared with me was early April. And you think about early April, what was the public, um, what was, how is Lehman Swap being presented publicly to the community, right? Um, I don't know if that was made obvious. I don't know. There's a major misalignment. Um, to be honest, I didn't really keep up with Lehman Swap a lot. So I, again, like, I don't really know what they were giving off at the time, but folks in the community that were, it's interesting to know what was happening behind the scenes at that time. And as May rolled around, this is when the wheels fell off and there was a laptop. It's always a laptop that was lost. And the unfortunate thing was, um, because what because the developer wallet keys were on there, that multi-sig we were talking about earlier, it brought the signing threshold down to three out of seven, which meant that effectively nobody currently in the project would be able to move funds. So effectively, hundreds of thousands of dollars of funds are locked, are are kind of trapped in a multi-sig account on Avalanche, which we'll talk about. And that's where the situation was. And at that point, that's when the infamous Twitter thread was posted that broke down the situation and kind of, I think, missed the community a little bit because the messaging was weird. It was, um, we were trying to build this thing and... Um, the support we got with Hedera wasn't good. The network wasn't ready. The tooling wasn't good. There were things wrong with it. And we had to, we were going to, I think we're going to have to spin things down. P.S. Um, we lost control of all the funds and the dev lost a laptop. And it was really weird. Um, and there's definitely a window of a few weeks where um, it was clear that it was time to spin down the project and do refunds. Um, and nothing was done in that regard. And then a laptop was lost. 
And a lot of people kind of look at that window of time and the timing of that and the strangeness and everything, and rightfully so. And that's basically that's basically the 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 timeline. That's where that kind of brings us to where we are. And it just it's weird because it feels so sudden, but really it's again, like I said, that there's I feel there was a span of ninety to sixty days um, that I can kind of put together that. It was just tough in the project. It just got worse and worse. And um, Lehman Swap's not the only one to do this. I mean, we've had, um, you know, people rag on Lehman Swap and stuff. And it's like, what about FTX? What about major banks? Like, what about all of these situations where things behind the scenes are just deteriorating so rapidly and nobody knows, right? It's strange. It's weird. It's not helpful. It's dangerous, Right. Lots of people lose lots of money that don't have the time. Now, a little more information about the multi-sig wallet. The wallet was on Avalanche and not Hedera. According to the team, there wasn't a reliable multi-sig solution on Hedera. That's why the fund's Roginos is safe on a lowish cost network, right? Avalanche. Um, one of the devs lost his laptop. Multiple wallets were on that laptop without a backup. No backup. Nothing written down on paper. And, uh, and that's why, you know, the multi-sig signing threshold was dropped. So these are the community questions, because I want to move on from this story, but these are the community questions that were shared with me um, on, a, on a Twitter post I made. And just, um, you know, I just, it's a little bit of, a, I, I did a little bit of an amalgamation of what generally is on the community's mind. If the community was an entity and it was worried about Lehman Swap, this is what's on its mind. Of course, when the multi-sig dropped down to four out of seven before anything got shut down, why weren't alarm bells raised, right? That's one big question on people's mind. Another one is, <clears throat> it was asked, quote, show us the official document filed with the police about the lost laptop, which was needed for the insurance claim. So basically the person is asking for proof that the loss of the laptop was reported to the police and that an insurance claim was made. I don't know. Um, is there something like that? I don't, you know, sometimes maybe your laptop gets lost and maybe they didn't do a claim. I don't know. That'd be interesting. Um, on some folks' minds, right? Was there actually a dev team? Who are they? Um, and who was the other potential partnership, right? Who was that entity as well? Um, hopefully again on Monday when the GitHub repository is published and the source code is there, we can piece together like if, you know, what's the dev team, what was worked on and those different types of things. So we'll have some more answers. It's an evolving story, but you know, that's on people's minds. Um, the other question is what's the next step if bad actors gain control of the multi-sig and move funds, right? We don't know who has that laptop now. We don't know if in fact those other multi-sig keys were lost. We don't know these things. And it's clear Lehman Swap doesn't know these things because they shared um, the public addresses for uh, the treasuries on Avalanche and, and essentially saying, if people see any funds move on here, let us know. Like We need to see if there's any malicious activity in the moving of funds. And because it appears to me as though the remaining quote-unquote team you know, has three out of seven, there's four other signing addresses that either have been lost or still exist that could 
effectively move those funds. So we don't quite know if there's going to be any malicious activity in that capacity and what the plan is, if there is. Um, and the other thing is, it seems there was no operational security for Lehman Swap and that the foundation was rocky. If things had worked out, right, aka if the laptop wasn't lost and they could have gone live, would they have moved forward with the launch with this team, right? A team that didn't practice operational security clearly and wasn't really reined in by the founding members. So if the laptop wasn't stolen, right, if that event didn't happen, would they have gone through with refunds or would they have pushed the square peg through the round hole? We don't know. Um, and also too, like just an extra thing on my end was, um, the next story we're going to talk about kind of ties into this, but DREC, decentralized recovery, um, what the product that Swirls is working on with these different types of things, um, because decentralized custody, decentralized recovery works, will work for any network because the funds were stored in Avalanche, like could they have used a product like that? Can DRAC or decentralized um, custody be beneficial for some of these DEXs and these types of capacities? Um, when multi-sig keys are lost, when there needs to be an adjustment in certain thresholds and different things like that, just came up to my mind. It was funny that those two topics were both big this week. And I think, what are the lessons learned from this? I think that the le like the lesson that will not be learned from this is increased transparency when things aren't working out. Um, it's the rule, not the ex it's the rule, not the exception. That when you have an entity like this, or a major bank or centralized exchange, if something's going wrong behind the scenes. You're not going to know about it when you should. And very often it gets, you know, it gets sorted out and solved and you never find out about it. They sweep it under the rug. And I think that it's tough because you could say the lesson to be learned from this is the community being aware of this, but what do you do with that information? What's actionable about that? You're dealing with projects that are not doxxed. Uh, there's no there's there's no traditional business um, foundation to grab onto. There's no there's no traditional entity to um, to look to. So it's difficult for the community. And I think that what this is a reminder is how important a brand is. And its ability to tell a story. That's all. That's that's the only lesson that I can take from this is um, the common thing amongst the I'd say successful projects on Hedera that truly solve problems for the community and build out the ecosystem is they have really great brands that understand it takes years to build trust and an hour to destroy all of that trust. And they understand how to tell a story that makes sense and a story that 
when it needs to be is self-deprecating, is um, accountable for mistakes, um, takes ownership of shortcomings. And that's what I'd say the really the only actionable thing for the community is focus on the little things. How well does a brand know itself? Because in a world where we're dealing with startups and companies that are increasingly outdoxed, really all you have to look to is, is the brand and the entity that's created. And it's really clear if it understands itself or not. And if it doesn't, that should raise alarm bells. Because I would look to, right now, you know, an exercise maybe later tonight, if you're listening, what I would say to do is make a little list of the top five Hedera projects, you know, that are whether, you know, how, no matter how big or small they are, that are at least a year old and that solve problems for you consistently and, and that you trust. Take a look at their brand. Take a look at how they talk about themselves and, and really think and go, do they know themselves? Do they understand who they are? And you'll start to see they really do. And then you'll start to see that some other projects don't really know who they are. They don't know what their mission is and those different types of things. And I think that can be a seed of problems like this. Um, but it's still the wild west out there, guys. Um, and you got to be careful. Um, but like I said at the top of the show, our boat wasn't completely rocked. And it's important to move on and move forward from this. And we'll keep watching the story as it unfolds, all that good stuff. But let's move on. We've squeezed this, we've squeezed this, this lemon as hard as we can. Um, and I, and also too, I want to, I want to redact something that I've said previously. And I think it's because um, I'm relatively new to crypto. And when I say that, like I haven't been in crypto for over a decade. I always said to people, don't invest in something with a mascot. You know, don't eat food with a mascot. It's not good for you. But, um, saucer swap's been great. And it's fucking alien and cows. So I don't really know. I'm learning. I'm, I'm, I'm still figuring out what's going on. So, um, the best thing we can do is share information, share good information with each other and just keep moving forward. Um, so Lehman and Mance both had interviews recently, both in different capacities, but each talking to the same subject, which is DRAC, uh, decentralized recovery and, and decentralized, uh, custody. And we've got some cool updates. I mean, brief refresher, um, a huge uh, bottleneck to crypto mass adoption is people needing to remember 24 words and keeping them safe. If they don't have them, there is literally no way to get their money back. Uh, we're not going to have mass adoption if that's the case. So Swirled Labs and Lehman have discovered um, a different way to leverage Shamir secret sharing. Um, with a new kind of secret sauce to basically create um, 
a, a protocol level app essentially that connects you and helpers out there. A helper could be a family member, a friend, your bank, a lawyer, you know, you got 10 helpers and um, they each have a piece of your, your secret, right? Your, in this case, your private key. And if you lose your private key, you can physically go to your helpers and they can give you pieces of your private key back and you'll regain your funds. If one of your helpers, let's say, loses their phone or just um, moves along or, or just is offline or he just falls off the map, the direct protocol has the ability to rebalance things, right? So instead of 10 parts of your secret shared amongst 10 people, it'll go to nine parts shared amongst nine people. So fascinating concept. So what's new? What's happening? So uh, the update here is um, from, uh, let me go for, to Mance first. Mance was interviewed by King Solomon, a uh, friend of the show, frequent guest, at Consensus 2023, great interview. Watched if you haven't already. It's like eight minutes, short and sweet, right to the point. And he has some updates. Uh, but something else interesting he said is Mance said he has no doubt that, quote, we're going to look back 10 years from now and remember the days that we were only logging a billion transactions every three weeks. That's just the way the industry is going to go. I have no doubt whatsoever. And that's a little bit about what, I'm, what I talked about at the beginning of the show, right? That we're experiencing big things right now that may actually turn out to be pretty small. Um, and Mance's head is clearly somewhere else. Um, you know, we don't know quite where it is, but it's somewhere else. Um, and on DREC, progress has been made um, on, on decentralized recovery and decentralized uh, custody. They are very different than other solutions out there. They're making that clear. Um, there will be more details released in what I think, I just want to take a moment for Mance and just say he has done something incredible here. He said there will be more details released in the nearer term. I think Mance just invented the new soon, right? Nearer term. Incredible. That's like next level corporate speak. I... Hats off to you, man. It's my God. A protocol has been defined. There is a lot to roll out, according to him. It will be open source. And he says, quote, it's critical to solve this problem. We think that Lehman has solved it. This is something I love that hasn't been lost. Is I love that personally, a lot of folks see this as a, as a detriment, but I like the fact that there is no head of Hedera. There is no quote, effectively a mascot. There's no guy building a brand on Twitter that'll get in arguments with people and freak out when things go wrong. Lehman's on his treadmill desk, like working on like spicy math or whatever. And that's great. And I just love that still people are like, Lehman did it again. He came up with a new thing. And you know, this might be the case. That's kind of magical. Um, so that's the update from Mance. What's the update from Lehman? So Lehman was on, um, hello future buzz, uh, this week with, um, Elizabeth great show every Thursday at 5 PM Eastern on Twitter spaces. Check it out. But Lehman was there last week and he was sharing some updates on DRAC. They're talking about gaming and stuff too and everything, but, <laughs> um, he actually shared even more 
we know now there's actually a demo created. So there's a demo of DRAC right now, um, which is critical. And I was very happy to hear the technology industry lives or dies by good demos. There's also an RFC for protocol. So there's more and more talk of this actual protocol being developed, which they do equate to something similar to like TCP IP or something where it's kind of like much lower level than the kind of actual application layer, which is really interesting. Thinking about what I do see their vision is like, it's eventually just going to be built into devices in the box, the same way that let's say your, your, uh, you know, your, your cellular chip is in your, in your phone. There's just some kind of inherent standard. Um, He's also shared that the demo is phone to phone, browser to browser, or any combo. So it does sound like they have a pretty extensive demo. Um, and on Thursday, Lehman recorded a video of DRAC and he will be sharing it soon. So that's interesting. So there will be a demo. And I believe when Mance said in the nearer term, we may be able to define nearer term as maybe a week or two. And I think that, you know, on the scale of these, these phrases, we've, I think we've established a couple things. There is soon, which is uh, soon. It feels to me like a month usually. So when people say soon, that's what I think of now. When people say near term, that's kind of three months in my mind. And it turns out nearer term may mean a week or two. Or two. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that, but new interesting terminology, guys. There's also going to be libraries and an API will be available for DREC and the source code for the demo will be available. So this is really interesting. Um, we know that the source code, you know, DREC will be open source, but this demo that is coming apparently very soon in the nearer term, the source code for that will be available. So I expect developers in the ecosystem to dive into this and to get some really interesting takes on this demo of DRAC. So um, shout out Lehman. Has he done it again? We'll find out. Cool update from the HBAR bull sharing that we are knocking at the door of a thousand transactions per second average. So on the network, when you watch transactions roll through, it kind of jumps all over the place. Um, but the, the, the real thing to watch is the average transactions per second, because it kind of really tells you the true growth of the network. And, um, that average is starting to go up and we're going to see it surpass 1000, which is really crazy. So that would put us at 80 million transactions a day effectively. At well, almost 84 million. And that's crazy. <clears throat> that's really crazy. Um, we're set to, we're at a rate now of like 24, 26 billion transactions a year. Crazy numbers. Um, so shout out there. That's great. Um, also to a quick note, I was confused. Uh, I made a Twitter mistake. Um, there was a tweet put out by, um, head over HBAR said, the current minimum Hedera governing council stake required per node is 446.5 million HBAR. With a full governing council of 39, this would mean 17.4 billion HBAR would be effectively locked away to secure the network, which ironically is one third of this uh, circulating supply. 
So, okay, very cool. Interesting. Um, that's, that, that's a fascinating tidbit. Well, I think what actually the deal is, is that as governing council members get added, um, the amount uh, is going to change that is required to stake. So I don't think that's actually the case. I think that um, that number will be reduced and it's it's not going to actually be the case where the governing council is staking a third of the H bar. So that was a mistake on my part after I tweeted that out. And also it made me think about, well, we're going to have community nodes and we're going to have a much more diversified kind of <coughs> node operator staking pool, um, you know, vibe going on. So for me, it's like, we'll keep an eye on that. But I think I'm learning more and more that, uh, you know, things change. There, there, you know, I was, I was having a conversation with someone recently about the the fees for different services from Hedera, right? Hedera Smart Contract Service, Hedera Token Service, Hedera Consensus Service. Those all have different fees. Um, those fees could very well be adjusted at some point in the future. So there's these other elements to the network that you also have to keep in mind um, in regards to the fact that um, they're will be changes to not only how the network functions, but also these different kind of business models and, and revenue and stuff. So um, I wouldn't be shocked. I'm going to really go far, far out on the limb here, but I wouldn't be shocked in the coming years and decades to come that as services that Hedera provides become more and more in demand, you know, it, it, like with any kind of SaaS company or anything, it's like you would obviously... Um, depending on revenue, you would increase cost of certain services by some nominal amount or something. So who knows? Uh, we'll have to see, but for now, fix low fees. Let's rock and roll. I don't think they're ever going to be in a situation where things will be fluctuating or, or anything like that. We're not going to have Uber surge pricing for the network. Thank God. What else we got going on? Um, Amazon, uh, so this is like not even Hedera related, but I wanted it to be on everyone's radar. In a couple days, well, I, just over a week, Amazon is launching its NFT marketplace. There's a few key points from this. So um, obviously big user user experience play. Um, the, the hope is that you're going to be able to pay with credit cards, um, no technical know-how required. Um, obviously... <clears throat> Amazon's the kingpin of physical purchases and shipping and different stuff like that. So naturally, when we look at kind of digital NFTs and digital twins and stuff, Amazon is a very strong play in that regard. They can move a lot of physical product very quickly. A lot of people already have Amazon accounts. A lot of people effectively already have a digital wallet with Amazon with either gift card money or or their orders or their credit card tied to it or something. So very, very powerful in that regard. Um, gaming, right? Um, uh, also, too, um, there's just... There's the Coinbase NFT marketplace type stuff. And people were a little bit disappointed in, uh, you know, the traction on that. Like, they were kind of like, um, oh, like, why didn't it take off kind of thing? And... I mean, first off, like the marketplace, like wasn't super easy for even Coinbase users and stuff. And also too, Coinbase has a user base of 9 million people, right? 
Amazon has a user base of 197 million people. So this is just going to hit different folks. And it's one to watch. Keep an eye on it. Keep an eye on this. Amazon.com NFTs. Let's see what happens. Um, so Sivo in the community uh, at Parabolic HBAR shared a really great um, thread kind of detailing um, kind of detailing a few things. So there's conversations around circulating supply, HBAR release frequency, you know, how often Hedera releases HBAR out of the treasury into circulation and bear markets. Like there's, it's just a very, we've all seen the conversations. We've all seen the confusion. Um, we've all been confused. Um, and these are some great points. I'll just quickly break down some, some key points from this, uh, from Sivo's Twitter post. It's in the thread if you want to read the whole thing, but Good points from this. Um, first, circulating supply needed for decentralization. Um, it's better during a bear than a bull market to do this um, and get this out there. I can see that. Um, I think that's not a bad thing. Global macro downturn is likely. So uh, that effectively means that the consensus for a lot of folks is when you look at the global markets, you look at the crypto markets, all these different types of things, it's not incredibly optimistic. It's not like we're going to be immediately headed into a bear market or sorry, a bull market. So again, doing these releases now, um, if we are going to start to see more macroeconomic downturn and also doing these releases of HBAR, um, I don't know if it's going to have that much of an, of kind of like an accentuated effect on the price as much as just, again, those macroeconomic factors in general. And when you look at the bear market, if there's less H bar to release during a bear market, when you do these releases of H bar in, into the circulation during a, during a bull market, sorry, during a bull market, um, it does have more of an effect on price. Because as people are looking around for new networks or assets to invest in, um, they're going to see uh, these releases happening that are sizable and that might turn them off. But if they're not that sizable and a lot of that's been expedited during a bear market, it might have less of, an, of a drag on upward momentum. So that's interesting. Um, also, Hedera's hiring. Um, they're scaling up operations and that requires funding. Like this is an LLC. It's a startup. Like this is a startup. It's a, it's a multi-billion dollar unicorn that is perfectly positioned in multiple different markets. Um, so it's Hedera is a crazy, um, once in a blue moon situation and they're hiring, they're scaling, they're growing, they're investing aggressively and they're doing that in a bear market. And that's not easy. And that requires a lot of H bar. So. I can understand that. Um, also, the market cap uh, stable as compared to all-time high de despite increased circulating supply. So um, that's important. Also, um, the, there's a desire for an updated emission schedule that's probably not going to be provided, Sibu says. Um, and there's a continued belief in the value proposition, survival of the network, and the ability to deliver on the vision. Like that's really what this boils down to is there's a plan, there's a vision, there's goals, um, and there's a value proposition. And the value proposition only continues getting stronger. Um, the network continues to survive, which is nice. And the ability to deliver is happening. So 
Um, that's basically Sivo's take is like, we're in a bear market. It's probably going to get worse before it gets better. It's probably going to take a little, it's going to be a little longer than we think. Um, and if we're going to be growing, circulating supply and we're going to be um, invest, you know, if, if Hedera is going to remain aggressive, then we're We're just going to see this type of activity and it's going to rub some people the wrong way, but that's, that's that. And, you know, again, I will say there's a lot more nuance in Sivo's post. Go check it out. Um, but those are kind of the, the Coles notes from that. Um, so <clears throat> Haran Shah is the new executive director at the Hashgraph Association. Last week, we talked about Rob Allen, who I've had on the show. Awesome guy. Um, and he was at the HBAR Foundation. And he's he moves to the Hashgraph Association. Now we have more executives joining. We have more people migrating. And the Hashgraph Association is something very interesting to watch because they are more of an accelerator than the HBAR Foundation. The HBAR Foundation is, is really kind of like a grant giving body, a little more hands off, um, very low touch points with their use cases that they're invested in those different types of things. So that's one approach. The Hashgraph Association is much more aggressive, much more of an accelerator focused approach. And so I think that that's something that attracted folks like Rob Allen um, and Haran as well. So um, Haran Shah is appointed executive director of global business development. Um, he's uh, a former global sales leader at IBM, will lead the growth of Adira Solutions globally, um, and brings 20, you know, over 20 years of experience from IBM. Um, and basically that's the vibe is more people are, you know, are, are getting in there. And I think that um, more attention from the community is going to be continued more focus is going to be brought to the Hashgraph Association. I think a lot of focus initially was on um, the HBAR Foundation. Um, but what Rob Allen told us was both were really started at the same time and they both are pretty on on the level, on par, in sync with their size, their impact, the talent, the investment. So um, one to watch. I... I, I Self-admittedly, over the last two years, I haven't really looked that deeply at the Hashgraph Association, but I'm going to more now. It seems very interesting. It seems like there's a lot of exciting work happening there. And again, more of an accelerator capacity. So um, I think that's great. What else is going on? Um, oh, Earthlings land. So Earthlings is a metaverse and gaming project on Hedera. Um, and we've seen a lot of metaverse plays not deliver, not follow through, kind of fizzle out. And um, Earthlings just, you know, shared um, a demo video of their uh, their um, platform, their game, um, some in-game footage, different stuff like that. And it looks great. I mean, Christian Hasker shared it from from Swirled. So gaming play on Adara looks cool. Um, and uh, I don't know if this is kind of like in-game footage or real-time stuff, but... Looks cool. It's a bit of a vibe. So I dig it. Um, shout out. Also, too, there was um, uh, Coin Bureau posted a video. For folks not familiar, Coin Bureau put out a video years ago that kind of uh, had very in featured very inaccurate information and hot takes about Hedera that really kind of 
um, rub the community the wrong way and all that kind of stuff. So it was very satisfying and funny to see this video where he's interviewing someone that used to be at Outlier Ventures um, and they're talking about different types of tokenized assets, uh, much like we hear a lot in this ecosystem, right? Carbon credits, uh, traditional investment instruments, those different types of things. Um, we talked last week about diamonds. Um, and this individual from, you know, X outlier ventures was like, well, there's networks being built for this type of things. It's probably not going to happen on Ethereum. It's probably going to happen on networks like Hedera Hashgraph. And he mentioned Hedera three times. And it's, <laughs> it was funny because coin bureau guy was kind of like, um, okay, let's move on the conversation forward. But we will get to a point where Hedera will be kind of, it won't, it's going to be an ignorable. You won't be able to ignore it. And at, it, at the same time, it is a very, Hashgraph is a very disruptive technology. So, um, you know, that's the, the, that's what happens is when you have a really disruptive technology, um, you can sometimes, you know, find yourself, uh, you know, seeing that it's not, people aren't as excited as we are. It's, it can kind of threaten a lot of things. So that's that story. Now we're going to move on to a quick little segment of the show, the Reddit report. Um, there's a, there, there's a Hedera community subreddit um, that features a lot of great conversations, a lot of great posts. Um, and a lot of that isn't kind of surfaced on Twitter a ton. So um, we've got the perfect ability who is a major user on that Hedera subreddit is really aware of all those different conversations happening there and happy to have you up here this week, man. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing good. Uh, I'm glad I made it at, uh, you know, I had a gig tonight, so, um, I was afraid I wasn't going to make it, but, uh, I got back, uh, home and, you know, took the dogs out and I looked at my phone and I'm like, Oh, you know, Brent's still going. So I was like, you know, I turn it on. I'm like, all right, you know, maybe, uh, you know, I can still get on. So, uh, so yeah, if, uh, if you guys got a little bit of time, um, I can do, uh, you know, the top three or this week. That's cool. Right on. Kick it off. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll keep it tight. We'll do it. We'll do a quick little five, 10 minute burst here. Give what's going on on the Adara subreddit. All right. So the number one for this week was, um, you know, Coin Bureau. I don't know if you guys, and I, I'm sorry if I repeat, um, you know, anything, um, no, we were, we were, we were just talking about that, but I'm curious to hear the, uh, what people think about on the subreddit. Uh, so, you know, coin bureau basically asked a $1 million question and, you know, he was basically just, you know, showing Ethereum is like, Oh, you know, like all the other blockchains in the shadows of Ethereum. And then, you know, the guy who, who they were interviewing was like, Oh yeah, you know, actually Hedera. Um, and I got the interview right here. I mean, you know, um, let me play just so you guys can hear it. Are there other layer ones that you feel are, you know, kind of gaining traction in that space? Because obviously, again, I hesitate to use to overuse the term, but obviously NFTs have been a big use case for a number of different blockchain. I mean, Solana is one that springs to mind. Are there? Do you do you feel that do you feel that that could that the NFT angle, for instance, the digital asset angle, could that be perhaps enough to you know maybe sustain some? Some, some rival layer ones to Ethereum? Because, I mean, Ethereum is so all-encompassing, isn't it? It, it? it is the dominant layer one by such a long way. And, you know, it's, uh, people I've spoken to recently have said this idea of, of Ethereum killer is just, it's dead now. Yeah. It's, it's no longer a thing. Like, nothing's going to kill Ethereum. Do you think there are other chains that, are, that, that, that could perhaps have digital assets as a, as a means to thrive in Ethereum's shadow? 
So I think other chains looking at um, digital assets, they've, I mean, a lot of chains have had a look at this before. Polkadot, most chains have played around with digital assets. And some of them have little communities and, and, are, and are, you know, doing doing asset, doing projects. Solana obviously launched some good projects. Yeah. Um, but I think the concept of it being the same, that's kind of died out. There used to be a situation with Solana early where a project would launch on Ethereum, someone would do a copy on Solana, yeah. it would pump on Solana, this was the game. But I think this is this is largely over. Again, people have to spend more time and put more care into these projects, so this, this nature of the, the copycat, I think, is done. Um, I think different use cases for digital assets beyond the PFP and the pure digital assets NFT projects is probably being explored in other chains. Hedera is a good example. Um, okay. So tokenization, this, this notion of, of, of tokenizing assets and probably representing them as NFTs, I think this will likely be on other chains. I think this likely will be on the likes of Hedera rather than Ethereum. Um, and obviously tokenization is going to become such a such a huge thing. Um, and I think maybe either Hedera or new chains that are being built are being built specifically around that kind of security token, tokenization of real world assets. So, And that essentially will be a digital asset or NFT. It's just going to be in a very different form. Yeah. Gosh, it's, it's all... If- Boom. <clears throat> so I'm pretty sure that... The- the guy that's interviewing him like souls left for like you know a good like five seconds <laughs> i don't think he was expecting that answer but uh i know <laughs> nice so number two we have um a user on our market purchased six nfts at one that was pretty awesome how you know you're you're able to just you know like buy multiple nfts and just you know pay like fraction of a penny um uh number three uh, uh, unfortunately, that was about the uh, Lehman swap. Um, yeah, we talked about that at the beginning of the show. I'm I'm curious to hear what people's thoughts are on it. Basically, just load of scammer lurking. You know, just gotta keep your heads up. Um, you, you know, like um, Hedera's one. Of, you know, gonna be the biggest um upcoming projects, and you know, scammers and people are gonna you know like use data and take advantage of people. You know, the, um. A lot of people want to get in early in these projects because you know it's it could be grandiose. You know, like Hedera will be um, you know one of the top cryptos. So if you invest, you know, like a little project and you're paying, you know, you know pennies and dollars for you know a token, then you know you could easily turn that and make like a huge you know sum of money. And I think that you just you know got to be careful with uh, you know young projects because uh, you know people will take advantage of people and. It, it just sucks, you know, when it happens. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You know, I think that sometimes there's projects that can appeal to people's better nature, right? And then sometimes there's projects that appeal to people's greed. I see that a lot of times in the NFT ecosystem where you'll have really great projects that kind of appeal and tap into people's creativity and imagination. And then sometimes it's just strictly like need the flip, need that kind of thing. And it's, it's tough to see sometimes. So I can, I can relate to that hundred percent. Right. And, uh, do I got, uh, do I have three more minutes? Uh, there's one last thing. Um, Ooh, okay. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so somebody posted this and it's about a speech that Steve jobs did. And the title reads 8 billion total transactions on Hedera, the cheapest fee and fastest network out there. But will this attract new retail users on Hedera if we talk about that constantly? And the user says no. And he quoted Steve Jobs, the way to do that is not to talk about speed and fees. And this is uh, the video, you know, behind it. 
Um, I think this would be actually, you know, pretty good uh, topic of discussion, see what the community thinks about it, um, you know, with the whole marketing and just, you know, how, you know, people like see and want to perceive her there. Marketing is about values. This is a very complicated world. It's a very noisy world. And we're not going to get a chance to get people to remember much about us. No company is. And so we have to be really clear on what we want them to know about us. Now, Apple, fortunately, is one of the half a dozen best brands in the whole world, right up there with Nike, Disney, Coke, Sony. It is one of the greats of the greats, not just in this country, but all around the globe. And, but, but, but even a great brand needs investment and caring if it's going to retain its relevance and vitality. And the Apple brand has clearly suffered from neglect in this area in the last few years. And we need to bring it back. The way to do that is not to talk about speeds and feeds. It's not to talk about nits and megahertz. It's not to talk about why we're better than Windows. The dairy industry tried for 20 years to convince you that milk was good for you. It's a lie, but they tried anyway. And <laughs> the sales were going like this. And then they tried Got Milk, and the sales are going like this. Got Milk doesn't even talk about the product. Matter of fact, it focuses on the absence of the product. <laughs> but, but, but the best example of all, and, and one of the greatest jobs of, of marketing in the, that the universe has ever seen is Nike. Remember, Nike sells a commodity. They sell shoes. And yet, when you think of Nike, you feel something different than a shoe company. In their ads, as you know, they don't ever talk about the product. They don't ever tell you about their air soles and why they're better than Reebok's air soles. What does Nike do in their advertising? They, they honor great athletes, and they honor great athletics. That's who they are. That's what they are about. Um, so that was it. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, you know, somebody in the community thought that, you know, this, like Hedera does all of that, but, you know, um, maybe there should be a different approach to the way they market or, you know, like the community markets. Um, so I just, I, you know, thought that was pretty interesting. Um, you know, it can, it can really go both ways. Like some people think that Hedera is doing great things marketing and then other believes that, you know, we could maybe do things differently. Uh, what do you think? In, in my mind, I mean, it's safe to say that, you know, Steve Jobs was one of the, you know, greatest, um, you know, corporate leaders that we've had and, and had a, a mind for branding. And I've seen that particular clip, you know, dozens and dozens of times that that whole presentation he gave was really great. Um, when you look at the, the one problem with that example is Hedera and Apple are very different. Um, Apple was a company with an incredibly established brand that was that was a household name. And Hedera is new, and, and I don't think Hedera really ever will kind of have a household name. Um, Hedera is much more like they're they're not it's they're not like the Google Chrome. They're the TCP/IP protocol that Google Chrome uses to access the internet, and no one uses no one knows what TCP/IP is, but everyone uses it. And I think that what had the who we need to focus on it, it when you look at this example, the other way you can look at it is 
It's not Hedera that's Apple. It's the use cases on Hedera that are Apple. And if you want to relate it to Apple, Hedera is the technology that Apple's using at that time to build their products. They, Apple was very careful about choosing particular technologies that they built on to make great products, right? They chose Unix to build their operating system on. And so Hedera is almost like Unix in a way. It's the foundation that a lot of these startups and projects choose to build the foundations for their visions on. And it's them who need the help. It's them who need to be um, supported and backed up by the community because what's going to change the game for Hedera, what's going to move the needle is when there's a product that everybody uses and loves that runs on Hedera. We don't have that yet, right? We don't have a consumer product that people use regularly that improves their lives, that they have a brand loyalty to, that's built using Hedera. We don't have that yet. And you could argue that that's coupons. You could argue that um, it, it could potentially be some of these other UK cases we talk about that touch a lot of people's lives. But when you look at a brand, that's that's the thing. So that's my opinion is, it's not Hedera that's Apple. Hedera is like Unix. It's the, it's what Apple used to build their technology. It's these companies that are going to be built from Hedera that are going to be that need to think that way. They need to not advertise their products as the speeds and fees and technical aspects. They need to truly connect with people. Um, so that's my that's my opinion on it, and I think it's a great example. Yeah, uh, uh, well said. Uh, I hundred percent agree with you, and uh, those are actually. Uh, the two top comments, which I, you know, I like to read that um, follow, you know, nicely where you said yeah. it says nice video and I see your point with it. But I think the difference between Steve Jobs saying Nike and Hedera is that Hedera is a platform that sells itself to other enterprises to use its platform, not sell it to end users. Nike like end users choosing which shoe is cooler enterprise, especially the development and decision maker actually do care about the numbers. Because it is, in fact, the scalability, fair ordering, and security Hedera provide is the most important thing for them to deploy their own product on the blockchain platform. And the solid comment said, agree. And to add to that, lower fees and faster speed are not necessarily going to replace their marketing that is needed for exposure, but they will for sure be the reason why enterprise and other end users will stay. Also, retail retailers in the crypto space at this point in time are mainly in it for the money and not looking long-term as for the utility and efficiency of the network slash technology behind their token of choice goes. So even if there ends up being incredibly huge news that pumped the HBAR price, hypothetically, it is not most retailers will be bigger fans of the token because of the news, because the price went up. So well said, Brandon. Yeah, and, and, and that's a great thing to bring up. I think that that's definitely a, a news item of the week that kind of like can get lost is like these little community touch points and ideas that we rally around that are really important discussions to have. So that's a great example. So I, pre I appreciate you uh, stopping by, sharing what's going on in the Hedera subreddit. And I'd say to everybody listening, like if you're not on Reddit, all that kind of stuff, like hop over there. There's tons of like, it's not like Twitter where you're limited to tiny amounts of characters, at least if you're not Twitter blue and um, there's different weird ranking and stuff. It's, you know, the Reddit's interesting because there's really deep nuanced conversations and it's not based off of how much you're paying the service. It's just upvotes and stuff. So it's really cool. So 
appreciate you uh perfect ability and want to give you a minute if you wanted to give a shout out or uh mention anything before i uh move on with the show here um my shout outs are going to be to you so thanks for doing this <laughs> right on well i appreciate you man have, have a great uh have a great rest of your day or evening or uh or whatever time it is where you're at it's uh bedtime for me here <laughs> <laughs> right on okay so have a good sleep <laughs> all right Brandon. lots of love see you guys all right all right you take care um okay so what else is going on here um uh, another story from the subreddit. I, I get a lot of these stories from the subreddit recently. Um, Aberdeen. So Aberdeen is really interesting because they are a governing council member, obviously. I think they are the most recent governing council. No, I, uh, Dell. Dell is the most recent. Aberdeen is the second most recent. Um, but here's the notes from this story. Here's what's driving the news. Um, senior investment manager Duncan Moore at Aberdeen says... Um, a couple things that are very interesting. Aberdeen is, you know, as people have heard, you know, they're a global asset manager with $600 billion under management. And through, you know, a bunch of different um, interviews we've seen with some folks at Aberdeen, uh, they're very excited about leveraging Hedera for a lot of these different um, investment opportunities, especially at what I think they refer to as kind of like the municipal level. An example they gave was like, there are investments made to, you know, build a bridge in your town or city. How can you as a resident of that town be a part of that investment? There's all sorts of interesting things happening. Um, they joined the council, of course, as we talked about. Um, they're working to tokenize funds with Hedera and other partners offering legal ownership in the fund as tokens. So that's very interesting. Uh, the tokens can be admitted on digital security exchanges such as Arcax Exchange, uh, which is the UK's only regulated digital securities trading venue. And the goal is to streamline inefficient processes and reduce costs by bringing back um, office and fund management on chain. So this is effectively kind of a common thread we're seeing of like, even with Diamond Standard we talked about um, last week, which was... Um, regular people being able to invest small amounts of money in new multi-trillion dollar markets, um, which is very cool. I like the sound of that. Um, and really the overall goal, again, you know, what, that Aberdeen speaks to is um, streamlining inefficient processes and reducing costs by bringing, um, you know, a lot of this different types of things. And also open collaboration to create frictionless on-chain uh, market with low barriers to entry and reduce costs for investors. So that's really what the, the point that they keep hammering is like, make it accessible, make it uh, fast, make it easy. And I honestly think that a lot of this is driven by the advent of some of these things like Robinhood and stuff that had those kind of like no trading fees, stock buying kind of stuff. It, it, it changed the dynamics of financial markets over the last few years. And I think that that kind of volume and that volatility and that activity from retail investors is powerful. And I think that it's attractive as um, a new vertical for some of these investment entities to explore and $600 billion in investments, governing council member, ready to shake things up. I'm down for it. Uh, fascinating story. Uh, and it's one to watch and we're going to keep watching it. Aberdeen is moving and shaking. Uh, this one is for the developers out there. Grab your closest developer and give them a hug because get ready for the updated security model of the Hedera smart contract service by July, 2023, 
<laughs> fast approaching guys strap in so what is the key points from this what the heck is going on so the security update is a result of the early march incident right with the attack on the network um those different types of things and basically the swirls team took a close look at all the different um, aspects that were involved were there any other vulnerabilities were there better ways that they could do things and basically here's what's going to be happening they're going to align the hedera smart contract service more with evm and token apis like erc20 and erc721 developers are going to be encouraged to test applications with the new security model the new model is applied to contracts from mainnet 0.35.2 releases and onwards. The old security model maintained will be maintained for about three months. Um, the new model for all contracts by July 2023. Um, there will be changes to entity permissions during the contract executions and key functions are impacted, affecting transfers, token management, token associations and more. Additional guidance will be provided and developers are advised to test their contracts. So this is a substantial change. It's, you know, for the sake of security, but also comes across to me as also like an opportunity to find deeper compatibility um, in regards to, you know, they reference the EVM, token APIs, ERC-20, ERC-721. So um, I, I think, you know, overall positive um, and we're going to see what kind of impact this has on, um, you know, on the actual network and, and on how it works for developers. So it's going to be interesting, but one to keep an eye on. Um, the White House um, to build international standards for DLT. Um, again, this isn't exactly directly related to Hedera, but it's got to be top of mind for people. Um, so... <clears throat> White House releases national standards and strategy for eight key emerging technologies. Um, one of those is distributed ledger, ledger technologies and digital, digital identity infrastructure that's included in the list. So that is, you know, important and, and very interesting to the crypto community. Um, DLT underpins blockchain technology, ensuring data reliability, blah, blah, blah. The strategy aims to increase U.S. leadership in developing international standards for these technologies. The U.S. government is collaborating with private sectors uh, to build standards for emerging technologies, uh, distributed ledger technologies expected to impact and be widely used in the economic sector, including uh, smart communities and Internet of Things, potential for DLT to build cybersecurity and privacy-based features and services. So obviously, we're coming online we're getting hip to the fact that crypto is not just about um, up and down, right? It's also other things as well that can help. And a lot of that's happening on Hedera. And it's very interesting. And we talked previously about Hedera's involvement with the uh, Department of State initiatives we talked about we, we saw last week and talked about um representatives from hedera speaking you know for congress and also to um you know there's uh brian brooks i believe his name is that came to the board of hedera previously um 
was he at Bitrex or Bitconnect? I can't remember. He was at not Bitconnect. He was he was, he was CEO of something. But again, very strong government uh, relationships. But anyways, Hedera is positioning themselves very well. I feel on the backdrop of kind of this American political uncertainty for crypto DLT type stuff and. Um, it's very interesting to watch. So just wanted to bring up this story, make sure it's on people's minds, just kind of, as we continue to paint this picture of, you know, is HBAR a security? Are these things a security? What are going to be the regulations? All these different types of things. Um, I think that Hedera is, you know, as well, um, positioned as, as, as they can be. Um, something else is, uh, some interesting, um, you know, uh, news that was that, that actually perfectability was quickly touching on uh, that the Reddit community was really excited about was um, uh, Sentient, which is a Hedera NFT marketplace, um, did something really interesting. So uh, they put it out a tweet, and I'll just read it verbatim. Quote, and this, folks, is why Hedera is the future. A user on our marketplace just purchased six NFTs at once from multiple buyers in one single network transaction. The gas fees were just $0.002. Um, so pretty huge. Um, and that's exciting. I imagine that's using something similar to like a shopping cart mechanism. So um, that's crazy. Um, just to reiterate, again, a user bought six NFTs um, from multiple different sellers in one transaction and the fees for that transaction um was less than it was 0 0.2 cents um incredible that that that's wild so shout out um very cool i hope we're gonna see more kind of interesting things like that i mean the nft community has just consistently been innovative so i love it um little breadcrumb Little breadcrumb here. This 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 kind of comes off the back of our conversations around transaction types on the network. Obviously, um, different transaction types have different fees. Uh, the revenue generated for the network right now is not that large because, um, sure, there's a billion transactions happening every two or three weeks, but the fees on those transactions are incredibly low because it's just using the Hedera consensus service. There's other services like the smart contract service, like the token service that have much higher fees that'll generate much higher revenue for the network and generating revenue is very good for Hedera. Um, so FSCO, Fresh Supply Co, um, that we've been following quite a bit. I had the CEO as a guest on the show a couple episodes back. I can't remember exactly what episode, but go back, listen to it. Um, really great interview. And um, they sent out a tweet that said, quote, we tend to be HTS heavy. So basically implying that the transactions they're going to be running through the network will be mostly Hedera token service, which are higher cost transactions. So if they are putting hundreds of transactions per second through the network, that could be magnitudes um, higher revenue for, the, for Hedera. So that's going to be incredibly interesting to watch because yeah, we did have a step function. Yeah, we got a bazillion transactions happening, but they're not truly revenue generating transactions. They're 99% Hedera consensus service transactions. So once we start to see high volume 
Um, token service transactions rolling through the network. That's going to be very interesting. Um, there's also a cold wallet called Arculus. Um, May from Hashpack mentioned she bumped into them at Consensus 2023. They also support HBAR. So you have a physical card, an app on your phone. The card is your is your cold wallet. When you want to do a transaction to sign it, you tap your card on the back of your phone that has the NFC technology. Boom, you sign the transaction. Very cool. Um, yeah, and yeah, they support HBAR, so it's, it's, it's neat. Um, second last story of the night, um, Stripe has launched a new crypto on-ramp, and this is huge. Um, it's a website you can go to. Um, it is... <clears throat> crypto.link.com and you load up the website and you just, it's Stripe. You put in your credit card, you enter the amount of like Ethereum or whatever you want to buy. And it's like a Stripe purchase and you buy the Ethereum. So we have many on-ramps, of course, um, different methods, different ways. We've got MoonPay and um, Banksa or whatever in Hashpack. And that's cool. You have all sorts of different fiat on-ramps. Stripe is interesting to watch. Um, interesting to see this product go live. I want to see how it's utilized. Seems very easy. And a lot of folks are familiar with Stripe. A lot of people have Stripe remember their credit card information. So if they can just go type in, you know, crypto.link.com and buy some Ethereum, that's, you know, that's pretty wild. <clears throat> I would think it's interesting to have the idea of what if Hedera was added to that on-ramp. Um be able to say to people, hey, go to, you know, this website, type it in. It's just, it's just Stripe. Enter how much H bar you want to grab and run your credit card and there's your H bar. Like, that's pretty interesting. I don't know exactly. I haven't experienced using it myself. Um, because I'm not really opening any positions in the 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 cryptos that they're offering right now. So I'm not really buying any. And if I want to buy a little nominal amount, it's gonna cost me a bunch of gas fees anyways. So I'm not gonna bother. But <clears throat> um very cool. So new crypto on ramp, vibing. Last story of the night, HBAR suite, upcoming decks and different DeFi tooling and different things running on the layer one on Adira. We talked about it, right? No smart contracts, blah, blah, blah. Um, they provided an audit update. <laughs> I'll just read it verbatim here. Update from them, uh, from one of the team members, uh, Tamachi. We quote, we are glad to announce the second audit has been completed. Halborn team has been doing an amazing job. It was an intense time and effort, but we're very happy with the result. The first audit can be found here. The second audit can be found in the attachments. The post is still in draft mode. Um, it'll be finished, blah, blah, blah. So basically it does appear that um, a new flavor of DEX is going to be entering the larger crypto ecosystem. It's not clear what the... Uh, size of liquidity is going to be to start off with and what the activity is going to be. But again, it's nice to establish this spectrum, right? On one side, we got like a bulletproof Uniswap DEX saucer swap. On the other side, we're going to have kind of this wacky new protocol levels, smart node, TypeScript, AppNet DEX that does new smart contracts and all those kinds of things. On the other side, I think it's cool. It's diversity and they have, and they all, you know, H bar suite has a bunch of different projects and stuff. So, um, you know, cautiously optimistic, um, with everything happening, but great update. It's good to see. Um, and holy cow, um, another week behind us and another week ahead. 
a huge shout out to everyone listening live on the Twitter spaces right now. Another shout out to everyone listening to the recording on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. And an extra shout out to everyone making a donation to the show. If you have a moment, give the show a rating and review on your favorite platform. It helps a lot. Thank you to Perfect Ability for stopping up to give us an update on the Reddit community. Um, and yeah, A Mirage in the Chasm, the title of the show. Um, lots of exciting things happening um, in a situation that feels like, you know, morale's down a little bit. Um, we're in a little bit of emptiness. Some folks might feel like it's a little lost. We're in a bubble, all those different types of things. And there are exciting things that are happening. Um, and there's been a few mirages. And I think that as we continue our journey, let's stay focused. Let's keep the eye on the prize, even if we don't quite know what that is, right? We got to stick together. The community's small, right? In comparison, it's tiny, but it's mighty. Um, we can solve things. And I think that going forward, it's really important for the community to get on the same page about what types of initiatives we want to push forward. Because if we're trying to push forward dozens of different initiatives at the same time, um, it's not going to stick. I think that the more organized that the community can get and the more clear that the community's message can be and the more effectively it can tackle one thing at a time, results will happen. Um, I was really proud to be, um, you know, starting, you know, the... Uh, with certain community members like patches and stuff with, you know, the hello Coinbase movement, the hello MetaMask movement, the hello royalties movement. If we can have these different types of movements and these different types of um, single myopic initiatives, it can cut through the noise in the ecosystem. It can galvanize the community. It can really show how organized we are. And that is very attractive to um, a lot of different um, entities that we want to get the attention of and it can move the needle forward um so i think in all respects that's the takeaway this week is sure um things are a little bit difficult right well not a little bit difficult i mean they're really difficult right now for a lot of people but i think now more than ever clarity really matters right and it can be really simple and if we can speak to the same goal and tackle it one at a time, I think that that works. And I think that it's a nice exercise, at least if, even if, even if it doesn't work, it just at least brings people together. It gets people on the same page. Um, so I think that these community initiatives, these get togethers, I've been on so many great spaces this week too. Um, and that's what this is all about right now. That's what this is needed. So, um, it's good stuff, but Keep an eye out for those mirages. There's no water there. We're parched, but we'll get through it. Thank you for tuning in to Hashgraph News and Rumors, Episode 75, broadcast live on Twitter Spaces every Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, and made available on all major podcast platforms, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts and YouTube every Monday. Get all the info you need about the show and listen to past episodes at itsbrandond.com slash hbar. Make sure to join the Hashgraph Enthusiast Twitter community to share your insights, ask questions, invite new friends, 
If you'd like to become a supporter of the show, feel free to send an HBAR donation to enthusiast.hbar using your Hedera wallet. The full HBAR address can be found in the show notes. I appreciate everybody tuning in, showing support, and sharing the show. I'll see you live on Twitter Spaces next Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. For everyone listening live now, I'm going to do what I always do. If you see somebody listening that you know, right, a profile picture you recognize, maybe you haven't reached out in a bit, do it now. Click that profile picture, send them a DM, ask people what's new. Ask them what's new, what's going on. I guarantee you they've got something new going on um, and you should know about it. That's what's going on right now. People are working away in this bear market and this is when you're going to find out about the truly cool stuff early. So stay connected with people. Reach out if you haven't talked a bit. And if you see somebody listening that you don't recognize on Twitter spaces and you see their profile picture, you both have something in common. You've been listening to me ramble on for hours. So click their profile picture, send them a DM, say hi, um, fellow Hashgraph enthusiast, what's up? And you've got something in common. Make those connections. That's what this is all about. Uh, so do it. But with that, hello future, goodbye past.